TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Talked to the big dog earlier this morning. Apparently he is out helping a neighbor doing yard work, earning any amount of money that he possibly can. The big dog not going to be in today. We might uh, catch him via the phone lines, though. We're hoping that uh, Seth Gruen will be coming in to co-host the show right now. It's the coach flying solo. Welcome to two guys at a mic sports talk on the Internet. Brand new show. Thanks for joining us, folks. Uh, The phone number here. If you want to check in temporarily, at least you can be the co-pilot, 888-463-6748, 888-463-6748. Every time I say 888, it's not like I got a speech of 888, hey, blue, red, 73, split left, San Francisco, what? Sorry, called an audible early in the show, 888-463-6748, and again, our email Address so we will read all questions, comments, criticisms, positive uh, comments. God forbid there actually would be a positive comment. You'll be happy to know uh, that right now our negative comments versus positive comments are running about 88% to 12%. Not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but uh, there they are. They're right there for you. Mike, two guys at AOL.com. That is our email address again, MIC. Short for microphone, so it's Mike and the number two. Mike, two guys, AOL.com, day two for a lot of teams in the baseball world. It's a weird, weird thing. We talk about it every year, and I guess it's got some positives, but in Major League Baseball, apparently they found it necessary to have opening day of baseball, and then for a lot of teams the following day, there's no game. For instance, both of our uh, Chicago teams, and if you're new to the show, our show emanating out of the uh, fine, if not slightly rainy, dreary, cold today anyways, city of Chicago, and you, you get all excited for opening day, baseball is off and running, and you get all excited, and then the next day, no game, day off, and I guess Major League Baseball does it because of the specialness of opening day, and one of our Little points of discussion we had a couple of days ago is, is, is opening day in baseball as special now as it used to be? And I think the consensus was no, especially for the young kids. But, uh, so if, if, if opening day gets rained out, then apparently the next day, that is the theory by the brain trust of Major League Baseball that you've got the next day open and you can play your opening day baseball on that particular day, which is a good theory. But when the weather is beautiful as it was for most of the country on Monday, you get your opening days and everybody gets excited about baseball. It's just odd that the next day there's a day off. But the oddness is over. We're back in action. There was some baseball yesterday. We'll talk about that. But uh, many teams getting their game two in today. And for our Chicago teams, boy, you talk about the agony and the escasty. The uh, basement about as far low as you can get and the ceiling about as far high as you can get. That was the... 
theory, that was the story of our Chicago baseball teams on opening day. The White Sox, who came in with a plan, Ozzie and the manager anyways. <laughs> Not sure if the general manager, Kenny Williams, is all thrilled with the plan, but he's he's going along with the plan of Ozzie and that is to play uh, small ball, if you will. Get back to Ozzie-style baseball. And those that saw Ozzie and as a player, that's the way he played. Bunting, hit and run, hit behind the runner, scratch out those runs when you can. Great pitching, timely hitting, smart baseball. Sounds like a good theory. It's worked in the past. There's been other teams when it hasn't worked, but they won. They won to perfection, painting the picture beautifully. Right off the bat, the White Sox win the game 6 to nothing. They pitch beautifully. They feel beautifully. They get timely hitting. They did get... One home run, I don't know if that's part of the plan. I'm assuming even though Ozzie Guillen is playing small ball, he's still okay if his players hit a home run on occasion. I would think that would be okay with the Osmeister. So everything went beautiful for the uh, White Sox on the other side of town, though we talk about the basement, the sinking feeling. The Chicago Cubs played about as bad a game as you can possibly get, and maybe, maybe the theory is if you're going to lose, you might as well lose with style. Let's not get one of those painful four to three, five to four defeats where you're so close, you're right there. Ah, tough defeat, and you walk away. Get all the bad stuff out of the way. Hopefully, they they probably had about two weeks worth of bad stuff in that opening game. So, if you're a Cub fan, take solace in that. And Cub fans are very good at taking solace. We're extremely experienced in taking solace, but maybe that's the fact that they were played so bad they come back today, and uh, maybe you scratch out a win four to three. And you find out you get blistered one game and you scratch out a win, you find a way to win. And the bottom line is they count the same in the standings, so they're one on one. So we'll talk some baseball here on the talkzone.com. Two guys at a mic show, coach flying solo right now, our producer today, a jack of all trades. Yesterday we checked in on his medical knowledge. I believe we were talking about the fact that we have two livers or one kidney or vice versa. I still get confused on that. He is our Hollywood expert on movies, on TV shows. He's our political expert. Quite frankly, Dave, you are our expert. Wherever we need one, you seem to be an expert. Just doing my job, Coach. Everything but family plan. How are you? Are you an expert on family planning? Because i got a couple issues I need to talk to you about. i got two kids, so yeah, I guess my family plan worked out. So, <laughs> Is your family plan? Now, you're a young guy. Is the family plan... Uh... Might we go for a triple a little bit later? Maybe around, God knows, go for an inside the park, a home run. Uh, still under discussion. Really? Still under discussion. So there's a possibility. There's a possibility. Okay. See, I was in your place uh, not too many years ago when we had two, and I got married late. So I had the two kids, and my wife for a solid year and a half was uh, pushing strong for child number three and possibly four. But I held tough. I held tough. So who's... On your side of it, who's is it kind of mixed or? We're both kind of like we don't know if we want to go for the okay. third or not yet. Yeah, you know we're still we're just getting out of the. Yeah. I mean we're just we still got a baby in the house, mm-hmm. so it's like too soon to talk about another one. Yeah, well your so, wife would say you got three babies in the house. Well, this is true also. Two kids and her husband on occasion. I, my wife tried to give me the guilt complex with the think of the legacy. You know when we're old, you're going to want to have you know three, four, five, six grandkids taken care of. Or, I'm sorry, kids, taking care of your grandkids. So she threw the guilt complex thing on me, and it worked a little bit. See, the thing that's holding my wife up is, you know, we've got the two boys and me, and she's like, you know, she'd like to go for the daughter. Yeah. But on the other side of the coin, she could get that third, uh, fourth No guarantee. No guarantee. You can't predict the old X and Y chromosome. By the way, on another note, you'll notice I am back 
to the ample today. Seth Gruen joining us. Seth, you know I'm a longtime ample eater. Yeah, broke I, stride I, yesterday. <clears throat> I shocked our webcasting fans. By the way, wave, wave to the. Yeah, this is new. I haven't seen this. Oh, before. you haven't what? been no. in here since I, we got I, the no, webcast. no. And, I, and I'm sorry, I was late. I apologize. I think every possible thing that could happen to somebody who's trying to get to someplace at a certain time happened mm-hmm. to me. I left you, my. You didn't, your wife didn't have a child, did you? I don't have a wife oh, that okay. I know of, the or theme, a child. <laughs> theme of today's show. I just want to make sure that's not why you were late. But wife and children is the theme. Huh? Wife and children are the themes. Better than the, talking the about, themes. you know, it was either that or Cubs and Sox baseball. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, after the first Cubs game, I thought labor and delivery might be a lighter topic. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the no, way, there's no. another camera. They put another camera over there. I believe another camera over here, and they haven't told me yet, but I guarantee I'm calling it ground cam. They got a sneak camera somewhere around here, and I'm, I think I got it. But there is a ground yeah. cam wandering around, so just... You know, don't scratch yourself at an inappropriate time. Yeah, that that that'd be bad. That'd be and bad. I I, I tend to scratch, but yes. uh, at least I'm wearing pants. Yeah. You know, you know what my uh, dad once said, if you have an itch, scratch it. Yeah. Both I, 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 I guess I guess we can't we can't adhere to that philosophy today then. Well, I wasn't. I don't think my dad was talking literally, my good friend. I think he was talking that as a philosophy of life. Gotcha. See, we don't just talk sports here on this show, Seth. We try to educate. We try to philosophize. We try to take the sporting world and expand it outside of its amoeba-like uh, structure. Whew, what the hell am I talking about? All right, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> he has not been here for uh, probably over a month, but he has been a regular co-host on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we introduced you. He's got a new job, new employment. Want to talk about that? Seth Gruen joining us today. Seth, sir, how are you, my friend? No, no, it's great to be here. It's great to be here. Uh, I'm excited. I always love, you know, kicking it back and talking some uh, sport with you, Coach. That's so, all we do, kick back. So uh, the fact that I was seven minutes late was uh, a little a little disturbing. But mm-hmm. but the lucky thing is, in this job, you get to vent. So I, I leave my standard hour before, you know, I live in the city. I leave an hour before. I'm Uh-oh. cruising along the highway, cruising along 94. I get to Dempster, at, you know, in about a half hour or so, usually around that time. And then oh, I hit Dempster. Dempster's not good. No. Not good. One lane all the way up yes. to uh, Waukegan. Yes. Takes me 35 minutes. On top of that, I hit every light. And then I'm, I'm, I'm behind this old woman who's, who's like crawling at 10 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, she could have been an usher at Wrigley Field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they're doing. Dempster Street, the folks, a fine uh, thoroughway in the suburban Chicago area. But the best I can recollect, the best I can tell from driving, I get stuck in it too. The construction, they're actually doing construction to the construction. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's strange. Yeah. They're like, yeah, they're, they're doing the one side of the yeah. street and then they're doing like the middle of the street, yeah. but crossing over. Yeah. It, it, exactly. I, yeah, That's I, what was strange. Who was the old third base coach for the uh, Chicago Cup? Waving Wendell. Wendell Kim. Yeah. Waving Wendell Kim, who sent runners home when they shouldn't have gone home and held up runners when they should have. We loved Waving Wendell, but he was not the best third base coach. If I didn't know better, Waven Wendell Kim was in charge of this construction project. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they got left, they're going right, they're going, they're 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 tearing up the tear ups. But you, you know, you know what frustrates me when they do construction, and I have not driven on that that part of Dempster. Well, I should have warned you. I apologize. Since, since I did the show, is they have no middle lane. You know how they usually create that middle lane? Yes. They're they're doing construction on the middle, which is so stupid because mm-hmm. you have the people turning left. When they get the solid green, they're waiting there for the oncoming traffic. Meanwhile, Every, it backs yeah. up everything. Yeah. So it took me longer to get down, what? what is it, 
six, seven blocks down Dempster to, uh, to, yeah, to normally, walk in. Normally from the highway to here, that, it's that, probably a six, seven minute yeah, drive. Yeah, yeah. Took me 35 minutes. 35 minutes, Coach. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a uh, sob story you'd like to relate, if you want to send some sympathy to Seth, he's a man that could use a little loving today. 888 The phone number, by the way, if you're backed up, I highly suggest uh, eating an apple a day as I do. It will solve, yeah, I can't, I can't outside put, of Dempster Street, it will solve some of your other I'm shocked problems. you deviated from the standard Fuji. I went banana yesterday. Really? See, I, I, I'm a banana guy. I, I eat the apple, it hurts my gums a little bit. <laughs> uh-huh. But see, it's good for the gums. It, it, yeah, it gets them, uh, stronger. Yeah, you got to build up some gum strength. Yeah, it's, it's like, <laughs> so you, can you only do it every other day? or huh? Can you only do it every other day, like weightlifting? Yeah, or, you know, go wild. Go, you know, if you really want to be wild and crazy, go twice a day. Yeah, your gums grow out of the gym, yeah. not in it, Coach. <laughs> now, by the way, by the way, they have changed as we digress once again here. Again, it's either we talk Cub and Sox baseball or we talk about this and the way the Cubs played in game one. They have changed the way that you brush your gums. Are you aware of this? No. Because I was always told, you know, you brush down, mm-hmm. brush up, and you brush pretty uh, briskly to keep the gums, mm-hmm. you know, Live. Keep them alive. Keep them juiced up. Keep them alive. No. The last couple of years I've gone to my dentist, now it's the very gentle, very gentle, very gentle. Really? In circular strokes. Yeah. With the toothbrush on the gums, huh? Yeah. Hmm. But they've gone from the, you know, the firm, harsh to the gentle. I always wonder, uh-oh, our David Olson, our producer, medical expert, also a dental expert. Yes, Mr. Olson. No, they told me the same thing. Yeah. Told me the same After thing. After many years of brushing hard. That's true. I mean, I've never had a cavity, so I feel like I'm doing something right. See, I always worry about dentists. Basically, they only make their money, correct me if I'm wrong, from doing surgery. Right? The regular checkups, you know, that, that pays yeah, for yeah, the... that. Yeah, that's nothing. It's from filling the yeah. cavities and doing the root canals. So basically, you are getting advice from them, okay, but their living is based on your teeth and gums going bad. Well, they... So you have to trust what they're saying, but theoretically... Same with any kind of doctor. Well, that's... Yeah. So are they really looking out for your... The more they look out for your physical health, the less... If if they really... If all their customers are really, really healthy, they go out of business. Think about that. Wax and philosophical again, Coach. Yeah. I I think you you go into a doctor, (laughs) a dentist that you trust. I don't know. I trust my dentist. Yeah. I've never had a cavity. Mm-hmm. He has done a crown, You've though. Never had a cavity? Never had a cavity. Yeah, thank you. We got a, we I got, got a, a wave to the camera. We wave. Got a, we got a sound effect for never had a cavity, Dave. Hit, hit something up there. That's highly impressive. Yeah, highly but but anyways, I do have a crown. The crown was expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you replace a crown, the crown in, a, in and of itself costs mm-hmm. a couple hundred dollars. Okay. I think so. So what 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 you and Mr. Olson said has some validity there, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Mr. Olson, see, you're getting some publicity up there. Yeah, no, no, no. All right. Now that we're done discussing uh, diets, road construction, <laughs> and dental work, might we get down to a little sports? Yeah, reel us in, reel yeah. us in. Yeah, I'm going to attempt to do that again. And you want to, uh, we count on our listeners, by the way, to reel us in. If you want to get us back on track, you, the listener, we're the one we count on. We are very easily distracted. So you can do that again at 888-463-6748 or email us at mike2guysaol.com. Now, you got a new uh, full-time job covering baseball for a local yeah, paper, right? Well, it's full-time during the season, pretty much. I'll be oh. there every day, and it's the Northwest Herald, uh, okay. covering both the Chicago's baseball teams for cool. them. 
obviously just for the season. And mm-hmm. You can go to nwherald.com to check that out or Chicago Baseball mm-hmm. 365. Had a nice, nice little opening day sort of notebook on uh, Omar Vizquel, and, and obviously the Sox looked phenomenal on Monday. And, uh, it was, you know, it was a that. pretty, uh, if, if opening day, it's sort of like the NCAA tournament where that very first Thursday, remember how great it was? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And it set the precedent for a great season. I'm hoping that Major League Baseball will be the same because it was, it was a pretty wild opening day of baseball. And if that's a precedent for what we're going to get all season, it's yeah, going to be no, pretty fun. Hundred and next 161 games. Absolutely. It's electric. You know, you, you talk to the guys afterwards and they're like, eh, it's one of 162 games and it is. It really is. A win is a win is a win any time during the year. But there's just that, that sense of optimism in baseball, unlike any other sport. I feel like the NBA is predictable, the NHL is predictable, and, and the NFL to some degree. I don't think you have as many upsets in the NFL because, you know, you have all this preparation and whatnot. Every game is so important. But but baseball, everybody feels like they have a World Series team. You don't need to wear Yankee pinstripes to feel like you have a World Series team. And that's the cool thing about baseball. So, uh, yeah, it was a pretty electric day for the yeah, White Sox. Well, well, and, and even, I'm going outside Chicago here, too. You had, uh, now help me out here, it's been a couple of days. You had an inside-the-park home run. You had uh, the best batter in baseball, Albert Poole, start the season off with two home runs. The guy's absolutely amazing. Wasn't he supposed to have a bad back? Or rib? Yeah, he's got he's got something he's fighting, but yeah. I, I I don't know how much it's supposed to affect him. Uh, well, apparently not much. <laughs> yeah. Apparently not too bad. He hits two home runs in the opening game. You had Roy Halladay in his first pitching performance for Philadelphia. He was brilliant. He had, and you were there at the game, Seth, what some people say might be the defensive play of the year, one oh, of the best defensive plays incredible. by a pitcher in a long time on the opening game. He had a couple of comeback victories, so it was a wild but opening can, day. Can Erico barehanded that? By the yep. way, and and Burley nearly hit the base runner. Yes. I mean, he was talking after he he could have been called for interference. The base base runner could have been called for interference. So it was really a hell of a play. Or he could have collided, fallen right. on his right throwing arm, and been out for the season. Right. And, and they were concerned because it hit his left shin. Uh, but they did X-rays and everything's everything's okay. And you forget the rookie, the Atlanta rookie, making his major league debut, Jason Hayward. Thank you. Who hits the ball hard? Does he does he hit it hard or what? Yeah, you don't. Want, Every time you hate to put pressure on a young kid. I haven't seen him play a lot, but a little bit in exhibition season, opening day against the Cub, and you know they're. I mean they're you know talk about oh, this guy could be the next Henry Aaron, you know the next great African American hope in baseball. You hate to put pressure on the guy, but boy. He looks like, you know, can't miss is, is way yeah. overused in baseball. He looks like a can't miss superstar. Well, they're calling, they are calling him basically the resurgence of African American baseball because their, their numbers are down. Yeah, it's a it's lot, lot of to, pressure to put on a 20 year old. 20 years old. Mind you, let, let's think, guys that stick out in my mind over the last 20 years or so, 20 years or younger who came into, into baseball and, and succeeded. I mean, we're, we're bumped up to Major League Baseball at, at that age. Alex Rodriguez and Ken Griffey Jr. So this kid is in uh, mm-hmm. is in serious company right now, but we'll see. And, and then for, it wasn't just a home run; it was his first at bat. Right. I mean, here's all the pressure on his first major league at bat. He jacks went out to what was it, right center field? Yes, right? yes, yeah. yeah he I mean, pulled. He's a lefty. Woo! First at bat. Way to come it, through in the clutch. Alex Rios hit a home run for the um, Chicago White Sox, and then you had Marlon Byrd. For the Cubs, who they get picked up at his first at bat as a Chicago Cub, very first at bat. Well, that, that, could, that could prove to be a good pickup for them, Coach. 
the Marlon Bird thing. Yeah, but you got to love a home run in the first at bat. That does not happen often. Oh, absolutely. Unless your name's Tuffy Rose. Yeah, Hay- Hayward. But he, what's so unbelievable to me is how hard he hits the ball every time, whether it goes out of the park or not. I mean, he really hits it hard. He makes great contact with it. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I guess he's he's the early clubhouse favorite for rookie of the year. But um, rookie of the year MVP triple yeah. crown. It says as long as we're putting pressure on the guy, we might as well put a lot of pressure on Seth. You were not here for our scintillating preseason prediction show. We're only one or two games into the season, so I don't think anybody's going to bother too much. But uh, your thoughts, real quick, on a couple of maybe surprise teams that you think uh, might do better than people are expected to. Maybe a couple teams that you think might not do as well and. I don't Man, know if you I, want to I, predict a World Series match. Yeah, right yeah, now, but... I knew you were going to ask me for my prediction, so I was kind of thinking of it, thinking of it on the way in. I, I'll, I'll say this: I think the Pirates are going to be significantly better than they were last year. I hope so. They got a lot of young talent. I don't think they're going to be that same doormat to the NL Central. Um, I, I think the most interesting division this year is is the AL East. You know, in years past, it's been Boston and the Yankees in a wash, but when you, you when you look at the Rays. I mean, they could have three of the top five teams in baseball, and one of them would, you know, wouldn't make to the playoffs. Obviously, one major publication—I don't think it was the Northwest Herald—but one major <laughs> publication did pick Tampa Bay to uh, win the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah, no, I, that's a popular pick. But then, could have been Sports Illustrated, could have been Sporting News, might have been Penthouse. I'm not sure. One of the three. <laughs> yeah, I, I interviewed with Penthouse, but they said that uh, I didn't have a good enough body. Really? But, yeah. What can you do? You could have covered the clubhouse for Penthouse, maybe. I said, you want me to take off my pants? They said, no thanks. <laughs> that was the end of that, huh? Yeah. But um, I, I, I tell you something. Uh, another thing, another prediction I'll make that has not been made is I see the wild card coming out of the NL Central this year. I really do. I, th- I think the NL West is a little bit weaker. I think, I think the Rockies are going to win that division, and I, I think the Giants are going to fall off. Uh, regardless of what expectations they may have. I, I really believe that. So that being said, I, I have both Chicago teams in the playoffs, and that's not a bias. That's not you know, me being a homer. That That's what I really believe. Mm-hmm. Um, the White Sox rotation is just it, – it's so good. And, you know, the, the Twins have great hitting. They have a great one through nine lineup. But but if I, if I have a choice between great pitching and great hitting yep. – I take great pitching, especially over the long haul. Right, because it, it um, sounds cliche to say, and Ozzy said it. You know, this year, literally every game that we send a starting pitcher, as long as they stay healthy, we got a great chance to win the right. game. And that sounds cliche, but uh, boy, over the long haul, if they stay healthy, it makes a huge difference. The consistency and depth of a pitching staff where they go five deep. Right. You look at the White Sox starting staff. I mean, their fifth starter, Freddie Garcia. Now, granted, he's had the shoulder problems and he's had a number of other injuries since then. But when he last started for the Cubs in 2000, or Cubs, excuse me, White Sox in 2005, he went 17 and five. I'll tell you what, you get 17 wins. If they get 14 wins out of Freddie Garcia, they are in primo shape. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean this. I mean, I I looked at Mark the way Mark Burley was pitching the first game of the year and the way he dominated. Granted, an Indians lineup. But the way he dominated, and then to think that Jake Peavy is pitching tonight, a former Cy Young winner. I mean, that's formidable. Mm-hmm. I mean, that lineups are, are are thinking about this in their sleep. Mark Burley, by the way, uh, last year, last third of the season, not so good. 
Not yeah, so good. So one could argue for the White Sox to really be good this year, Mark Burley might need to be like their number three pitcher. In other words, John Danks and Gavin Floyd got to take that next step up, and they've proven a lot of people question them the last couple of years. I think they've proven that they're pretty solid pitchers. But uh, Mark Burley has not been lights out the last couple of years. He struggled at times. That's in the latter depend, half of the season. If you're going to depend on Burley to be your number one guy or even your one-two guy, you could be in trouble. But you're assuming Gavin Floyd and Johnny Danks will take that next step up, and they've done nothing but throughout their major league career. No, that's that's true. They're, they're look every team in baseball has question marks, and 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 inevitably. Every team, every every World Series champion, every division winner wins games different ways. I mean, the Sox, if they're gonna, you know, they're they're gonna win a twelve to ten game. They're 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 gonna be situations where they get bombed, and they're gonna win win games by hitting home runs. But but on the whole, teams take on different personality, and, and this White Sox team's personality is, is pitching and speed. Now that, that doesn't mean they're not gonna win a lot of games different ways, but but that's their personality, and and that's what they're gonna ride to the promised mm-hmm. land. And the Cubs, on the other hand, personality is going to have to be to hit with power. I would also argue, especially on night games, they got to score early and get big. They did. They did score early. Well, yeah, that's the problem. They scored three runs and gave up eight. But here's my theory. Uh, Lou Piniella, in the, you know, when it gets past like 8.15, 8.30, and I'm only mm-hmm. saying this half-kiddingly, by the way, at 8.30 on a 7 o'clock start, that's about like the fifth or sixth inning, right? 8.30 on a 7 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you got Yeah. His decision-making, his mental thinking ability, looking for that extra edge, which a manager must do, the pitching changes, thinking about batters coming up, thinking ahead in the game, those kind of sharpening skills mentally. Past 8.30 a night, I, I, I don't think Uncle Lou is with it. So what are you saying? He has, like, sundowners or something? No, no <laughs> I mean, he already says it during the off season. He's asleep by 8 o'clock, 8.30. Really? Oh, yeah. Wait till you hit the I've never heard that. I, I, I believe you. I take your word for it. Wait till you hit the senior circuit, my friend. You've heard the whole story. You go for you know the buffet at four four thirty. You know you go back, watch a little TV, read the paper. You're asleep by eight thirty. I'm exaggerating a little bit for Uncle Lou, but uh, I honestly think those late night games put a wear on the mental ability of uh, Lou Pinheiro. That's why I say for the Cubs, get a lead early and <laughs> hold on to it. Yeah. Close games late are not going to be advantageous. I, I, you know, Carlos Zambrano though. Don't you think he's taking on sort of this Rex Grossman-ish type uh, persona here? I mean, can you think of a pitcher in baseball who is so good at times, and granted he's probably his best more than Grossman was, but mm-hmm. who's so good at times yet so bad? I mean, it's one or the other. There's there's no middle ground. There's no consistency. I mean, name a pitcher in baseball who's like that, who at his best has you know no hitter stuff. I mean, the guy pitched a no hitter. Not many, not many pitchers can do that. And the, and then a guy who gives up eight runs in in one and two thirds innings. I mean, on, on the bright side, he kept his composure. Yeah, but the, <laughs> but the very the very thing. I mean, he kept his composure on the outside. But the yeah. very thing that makes him so good is also sort of his yes. Achilles. Yep, it's a double edged it, sword. It's his intensity. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, a couple more performances like his first one as we're heading to a break, TalkZone.com, two guys at a mic. Uh, a couple of more performances like that, fans will ask him, A, to start eating again and gain weight, Yeah. and B, to uh, bring back the old Carlos. Now, we're not there yet. 
but a couple more like that, and we may need to see the emotion again. Yeah, I was going to say, at least he lost 40 pounds, right? He looks the yeah. best he's ever looked in his career. And I can do the quotes because we got the cameras. Yeah, you're down about 8 or 10 pounds. You're looking quite well, small, you. youngster. Thank you, thank you. For a man in the newspaper business, you're in way too good a shape. <laughs> Penthouse didn't think so. <laughs> Two guys that a mic back in about 48 seconds. David Olson, the doctor, our producer, my bodyguard. Your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Big dog, Joe Radwanski, not in today, but we do got uh, a big dog in his own right. Seth Gruen, the young and the restless, now working for the Northwest Herald newspaper up in Chicago, covering some Major League Baseball Cubs and Sox. By the way, there's a lot more than baseball going on too. We got a, you know, this past weekend was a busy sports week coming up. We got the Masters. We had uh, UConn named the not named, but UConn win the women's championship yesterday. Seventy-eight wins in a row. Seth, I don't know if you're watching, but that's caught a little bit a story of worth note. Caught a little bit of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it, look, it's it's unbelievable. It really is. I, I'm kind of you know I, I'd like to see a team maybe beat them. I mean, I would have liked to see Stanford just because. It would have been such a great upset, and we root for that stuff in this country. But what Gino Oriema has done is is really unbelievable. Mm-hmm. They were down, by the way, at half, 20-12. to 12. Finally, the that. pressure got to them. They played a brutal first half. Then their All-American Maya Moore started hitting shots and brought it back. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. She, she could be the best player in UConn history, actually, and which is saying a lot. Yeah. Um, but I, I look at Gino Oriema, and do you think he'll ever make the jump? To the men's side. I mean, when Jim Calhoun retires, do you think they'll hire him? Would 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 you know maybe immature eighteen year old high school kids say, "Oh, he only knows how to coach girls. He coached girls. I don't want to go mm-hmm. play for him." Do you think he'd have trouble recruiting? Clearly, he has the X's and O's. I mean, I just don't follow the women's game enough to know mm-hmm. if he's a dominant recruiter. Obviously, he's getting the horses. Well, he's a dominant but... recruiter, no question about that. Strong personality. The question is. I don't know him well enough to know, is he going to be looking for another challenge? Seven national titles, two undefeated seasons in a row. Do you start to get restless and maybe start to wonder if you could do it at the next level? I don't know the guy. Um, He's got an ego the size of uh, Oregon and Washington put together. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. 
Um, I think his ego actually... Especially coming from a sport that, you know, doesn't necessarily get a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. I mean, the women's college game gets more attention than the WNBA, but... And that's not to disparage women's basketball in any means. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to do that. I'm just saying that's the reality. Um, How about we've had a uh, number of discussions, not on air, but with uh, friends and stuff. I put it out there. A average high school basketball boys team versus the UConn women's team. Average boy. That's tough. Because uh, some some average boys basketball. I mean, what's an average boys basketball well, team? I will say Is this, it a top twenty team in the no, state of Illinois? No, 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 okay. Average. But if you've watched high school basketball, not just in Illinois, the level of play of high school boys basketball has significantly elevated the last ten years. AAU teams, club teams, training programs. There's very few weak high school boys basketball teams. Yeah. Most of my friends, most of the people I talk to, think about this. Oh no, the UConn women would beat them. And I say, I don't think so. I'd love to throw this out. Any listeners have a thought on that, too? I think an average high school boys team, and I'm not getting down on the women's game. I've coached sports over the year, and I've coached more women's sports than I've coached guys. I'm coaching a high school girls varsity team right now. Yeah, no, I know. So it's not I, like I'm this male chauvinist guy. I'm a big believer in women's sports. I love the women's college basketball game. But I'm here to tell you there's a huge difference. A average, not a great, average high school boys team could still beat the UConn women, my opinion. Yeah, I mean, the UConn women certainly play the game better yeah, than they, most high school the teams. The best compliment I mean, they, play, them, they, they play like guys, too. Yeah. That's the yeah. best, best compliment. No, they, they play the game better, and they score fast. But, um, you know, when, when you look at when you, and when you look at them co- comparatively to women's teams, they're so much faster than the other teams. But, you know, when you look at the biology of mm-hmm. men compared to women men are just stronger and, and typically faster so well you know you, you look at a female at 6162 that's a post player or a right, power right that's forward. another thing and think of a high school a lot of guards in high school boys basketball are 6162 yeah, even on the bad teams so mm-hmm. uh yeah that height is also an issue i mean i can tell you this i know that uh, at illinois um, the women's basketball team, Teresa Grentz, yep. who was the coach there, mm-hmm. the practice squad was actually yes. made up of men. Which most women's teams do now. It's a great strategy. Really? Oh, yeah. Uh, Scrimmage against the guys. It's the best thing a female team can do. Yeah, I mean, I know her son was on it, and he was really mm-hmm. tall. And Yeah, I guess because, you know, they get pushed around a little bit. Yeah. Well, you play against the guys. If you're a women's player, you play in the guys' game, three-on-three, four-on-four, two-on-two, full-court game, whatever it might be. If you play against the guys, then you go compete against the girls. It's a much easier game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. I mean, definitely. It, it, it's uh, like using it, a weighted ball. Yeah, it toughens you, you up. You pass around the weighted ball, it's pretty tough. Now you get the regular-sized ball, hey, piece of cake. Right, right. So it's, it's the Bobby Knight school of thought. Make mm-hmm. practice so hard the games mm-hmm. seem easy. Yep. Hey, another note of basketball-related TV ratings for the national championship game. Seth Gruen, again, it's two guys at a mic here. If you're just joining us, TalkZone.com. Phone lines open, 888-463-6748. But uh, the national championship TV ratings up 31% from last year off the charts, doing great. A lot of people tuned in to watch Butler do. Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, that was, you know, your, your classic. That, 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 that's what people want to see out of, out of championship games and out of this tournament. And, uh, 
at the end of the game, the classic one shining moment, I meant to bring this up. Oh, yesterday. that was bad. I was going to ask this. Jennifer Hudson. I, I didn't like it. Filling in. Now, Luther Vandross, has he passed away? I don't know, but I mean, I assume the song's still recorded. Right. I mean, I don't know why they had to make the switch. That's it was more like I a Jennifer Hudson oh, music video. Yeah. Why were they cutting into her in the studio? The ball is tipped. Yeah. You know and, what? And, and, you know, and first of all, Jennifer Hudson, unbelievable voice. Oh, yeah. No, I'm unbelievable not, I'm singer. Not taking... She's lost a lot of weight. God bless her. Everything's great. But why did they make that switch? And you're right. As great a singer as she is, it was not as good. Yeah. Maybe I mean, it's because we're used it's, to it. Yeah. We're used to it and, and we're adverse to change, but... um. I, it's not it, the way they were cutting into the studio, and I also didn't like the selection of of video footage they used. Yes, David. I just wanted to confirm that uh, Luther Vandross is indeed dead. He is. Oh. He is dead. Okay. Uh, Two thousand five. Two thousand five. You sure it's not another Luther Vandross? Uh, I could double check okay. on that, but a lot I of people it confused is the Luther Vandross because Teddy Pendergrass passed away too, and a lot of people confused Teddy Pendergrass and Luther Vandross. I don't. Not. Fo- I don't follow. It. I'm coach. I'm not up on the the music and the. Did he die the with uh, two kidneys and one liver, or two livers and one kidney? I'll check if he was a donor. Okay. By the way, we highly. I don't know if I can put you in these words, but we do highly encourage all of our uh, listeners mm-hmm. to, to be an organ donor. Oh, okay. Right? It's a simple thing. Yeah. Once, no, once we're gone, simple. we're gone. The spirit lives on. <laughs> okay. But the if somebody can save a life here, I, I would highly encourage people. Sign the back of your card. Go to your secretary of state. Date your secretary of state. Whatever you got to do, uh, but be an organ donor. Thank you very much. All right. I got a couple organs I'm looking to donate, Seth. So I don't know if you are in need of any right now. I was talking to Dave yesterday. I'm looking to do some community service here. I'm feeling the need to be charitable. Money's a little tight right now. I am thinking of going organ donation. <laughs> Selling a kidney? Huh? Selling a kidney? Well, it doesn't have to be a kidney. Well, what else do you have to... Never mind. I, I, we got a lot I, of organs I'm, we could donate. I'm all retracting. Right. I, I was going to say... Yeah, all right. Luther Vandross <laughs> has passed away. We both agree we did not like the uh, one shiny moment nearly as much as in the past. Out to the phone lines we go with Seth Gruen and the coach here on Two Guys and a Mic. Checking in on line number 18. It's caller Joel checking in. Joel, how are you? Uh, I, I will confirm Luther... Oh, I'm fantastic. I will confirm that Luther Vandross is dead. I mean, excuse me, he is six feet under, but he is not dead, Coach. <laughs> Fellas, as long as there's Colt 45 <laughs> and, and dating sites, Luther Vandross will always live, Coach. Colt 45 and dating sites. That's there are a really lot of dating, dating sites out there. You over there with that smooth Billy D. Williams okay. look, Coach. And did, I, did, I, <laughs> did I put the emphasis? I called him Luther Vandross. It's actually Luther Vandross? I would have to say that's a better pronunciation, right. yes. Thank you, caller Joel. Okay, well, it, it's good to know. I, I, I'm glad, Seth, I love when you're on the show because when, whenever you're on, I realize that, you know, Bobby <laughs> Hurley isn't the most angry man in the planet. So it's always good to have you on. <laughs> Thanks. I haven't seen you in a long time. Uh, well, it's funny. You will be able to see me this Friday. Coach, you really? know, I'm always getting weird gigs. Yes. Always weird gigs. This, yesterday, I, I, this one guy called, I called this one guy, he's like, hey, do you want to be in a focus group? So I called him up, he's like, hey, you want to come down and be in a focus group? So I go, fellas, and when I get there, the guy hands me an ID, he's like, you're the Major Kozlowski. I was like, no, I'm Joel Redwanski, he's no, you're the Major Kozlowski. So I was like, alright, no problem, so I go in there, I do the focus group, I get a hundred dollar check in Major Kozlowski's name, and I go out there, he's like, give me the check. And by the way, he went in there, and there was five other guys in there with him, and he hands us all $75 cash. 
That's how those work. They pay you to yeah, do those so, focus groups. Well, well, he made a hundred, but he was somebody else. He got five other people to be in this. He made twenty five bucks out of each one of us and gave us all seventy five dollars. Well, while this was going on, some woman was like, "Well, you're in really good shape." I started talking to her a little bit. She's paying me a hundred dollars on Friday to go through some club. I have to walk through her bar butt naked. That's all I have to do is walk through the bar butt naked. I get in that case, I don't want to see you. Friday. Right. Well, that's, that's <laughs> I, I didn't think you'd want to. Why? Why does she want you to walk through the bar butt naked? I guess they're having like a bunch of like models, like like good looking models there, and I'm supposed to wear a scarf, and that's it, and just walk through the. I, she says you have to go from one end. I was like, how big is the bar, and will it be heated? The so, very small bar, so you know, so it's com- bigger, and this one's going to be pretty warm. Complete full frontal nudity. Yes, full frontal. But you're not the only one. This is like so. It's like a male per kind of. I will a, be. I will be the only. The, I'm, the, all the there's going to be a bunch of women there that are just mingling because they just want the place to look exciting. I'm the only one they're paying to streak through the place. Oh, I'll find out the name of the bar by Friday. So. It's, first, so it's supposed to be like a streaking type situation. Yeah, it is. I am a streaker. They, they, she said it's a pretty big place. They want me to run through it. I'm like, no, I'm going to strut. A <laughs> <laughs> hundred bucks. Is this, I, I need a coach. Are you getting really paid? Are you getting paid uh, before, after, or during? I was going to say. Um, that is a good question. I, you know what? I, I I'm sure they're going to pay afterwards. I, I know how these things go. I, if I were you, if you want to make a little bit more money, I'd wear you know some kind of strap-on belt so that while you're walking through, you might be able to pick up a dollar here, five more dollars here. Whatever yeah. you're thinking of me, coach, don't use the word strap-on. I was going to say, make sure you know. I said strap-on <laughs> belt. Belt. <laughs> don't all belts strap on. Oh, goodness. Big Dog, you've made money in a number of ways. David Olson, our producer, is shaking his head as you're starting to relay the story. And I'm thinking, David, for you, it's been four months. For me, it's been eight years and four months of these stories. (laughs) Yeah. I I always say. Don't change this. I don't want to change the subject and get serious here. But I I do want to say, oh, my goodness, that Butler game, uh, the Butler Duke game on Monday night was as good of entertainment as you could possibly get. Mm-hmm. Uh, some I had friends coming over who don't even like college basketball, but they knew where they had to be on, on Monday night. They were at my house. And, Coach, uh, I've never rooted for a team so hard that I had absolutely no allegiance to in my whole entire life. Uh, I, had, I had money on the line with Duke, and I was rooting for Butler. Uh, you took Duke minus the seven? No, I, uh, I did a draft-style pool this year where okay. you, you basically you just draft teams so with the fourth uh, there, there are four of us everybody puts in 48 dollars you win a dollar for the first uh, first round win two for a second round win then four eight 16 and 32 for the national championship gotcha so um i, I yeah but i was still rooting for butler i mean i said you know i'm 25 years old i was born in 1984 um and i said that i think that was the best championship game played in my lifetime. Yeah, I, I really think it is. And they had a couple comparisons. Coach, you, you, you've seen a lot more championship games than uh, I have. I've seen a few more than, than Seth has. But, you know, like the 83 game, uh, NC State over Houston. You know what? That really wasn't Cinderella. I don't care what anybody says. North Carolina State had They're an ACC team on that team. You know, and I, I know they were an ACC, but it was, it was a little different. It was an ACC team. That game was incredible. I, but still, that game on Monday was as good as it possibly gets. And you look at all like the crazy stuff. Do you know that the, they filmed the Hoosiers championship game? The movie was filmed in Butler's Arena. Yeah. 
I mean, he start looking at all these little things. I I just hope Butler's back next year. It was, it was a phenomenal story, and man, don't, if that that, that would have went down. You think people kowtowed a little bit, uh, overly minimized the ability of Butler, Clark Kellogg, and I love Clark Kellogg, by the way, talking about early in the game. Well, Butler could stay within, you know, two or three baskets late in the game. They might be able to pull off the surprise and everybody calling him the underdog. But, no, I watched the game. I honestly feel that Butler missed a lot. Matt Howard, normally of those six great scoop moves, he'll make four out of six. He made yeah. two out of six. I tell you. It, I, I honestly think if they played ten times, Butler wins six out of ten. Oh yeah, Butler was ranked all year. This yeah. is this isn't a bad team. Right. This is a team that comes from a a, a, a mid major conference. Okay, it's they're, they're like over the past several years they've been like the Boise State. You know, Butler and Gonzaga have been like the Boise State of college basketball. But I, I think two things could have made that national championship better, and, and it was as I said already the greatest. I think one for Butler to win. And two for them to play Kentucky. Because then you'd have this sort of, you know, John Calipari, Kentucky team, a.k.a. a health club, where people come and go. I mean, it's a rec league. Yep. Versus, you know, the team that has all these guys staying. Right. And and a bunch of seniors that had... Yeah, I mean, look, you can hate Duke. They're they're like the Yankees. But but Mike Krzyzewski, as much as I really don't like him and can't stand him... Really? Yeah. What? A Polak from Chicago. Seth Gruen, I will smack you in the face. You're lucky I haven't seen you in a long time. I'm, uh, Sorry, well, first of all, I'm right. Jewish. <laughs> Secondly, I so I, I, I root for my brethren, Bruce Pearl. Even, so. <laughs> my mood, I hate, now I hate Bruce Pearl, so that's funny that you Well, yeah, that's because, you know, like, because of what he did to Illinois. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that makes sense. I mean, even though I went to Illinois, it's like, you know, who do you root for? You know, you, you, your team, your religion, I don't know. But, I understand. I understand. Yeah, but an, a, anyways, back to what I was saying. Back to what I was saying is, is you know, Duke still, Shashevsky still um, perpetuates the essence of college sport. I mean, I, they have three seniors starting, two juniors. Mm-hmm. So guys um, don't get in trouble. Very few guys switch teams. I mean, it's a pretty right. classic. Well, yeah, bunch. people do transfer from Duke. Yeah. And guys, I'm going to have to say, you know, I got over after one year after John Shire was a freshman, but I do feel a little bad. About the, the the amount of angst I felt towards John Shire when he snubbed uh, Larry Weber's brother Bruce and didn't go to Illinois and he went to Duke and I it was just Dave me Weber. as a diehard Illinois fan why isn't Mr. Basketball going to Illinois mm-hmm. Trust me, I got over it and watching that kid play he's a class act the kid the stuff that he said after that game about Butler mm-hmm. the stuff he said about his teammates the way his teammates loved that kid I I I I'm, I feel absolutely horrible that at any time I spoke. Badly about the, yeah, the, the, look, uh, Chris Collins, a Duke assistant coach, went to Glenbrook North, so he had that connection. I just mm-hmm. the the one thing I hate about don't like about John Shire or what makes me want to smack him, and I'm trying to think of a radio PC way of of trying to say this. So we'll say that poop eating grin he has every time he hits a shot. You know, do you know what I'm talking about? Well, yeah, he does. He does have like uh, he does grin a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. Well, you know what? It's a little weird seeing a guy play with a smile on his face. That doesn't happen <laughs> yeah. very often. Well, my my but, thing with uh, Jonathan Shire, and he played extremely well in the two games, but I thought uh, West Virginia first and Butler second played him uh, incorrectly. You cannot let Jonathan Shire be uh, comfortable. Okay, He's not really a point guard. He's developing into a point guard. But to me, uh, Big Dog, just from a basketball X's and O's standpoint, 
If I'm going up against Duke, one thing I do is I pressure the hell out of Jonathan Shire. I get right up into his chest, right up into the uh, you know the ball, pressure him a little bit. Don't foul him, but I make him work. And in both games, West Virginia with all the great athletes and all great defense, and Butler's a great half-court defensive team. They both gave him cushion, let him be comfortable when he's comfortable. He can get into his offense and, more importantly, create offense for his teammates. I didn't understand the defensive strategy both games. I, I agree with you there, and you're definitely right about that, Coach. And, and fellas, I don't know if you noticed this, but Butler started scoring some points after halftime. They they went on a nice little run. They they start they consistently were scoring like every other uh, time down there. Mm-hmm. And then Shashevsky went to the trap. And I don't think Butler again got you. They barely got the ball after, after half court. Talk about a great move. Everybody's talking about that whole three point six seconds and making Zubek miss the free throw. Was it the right thing to do? Was it or not? Whatever. But when they went to that full court trap. Legitimately, look like I mean, all of a sudden, Butler did look like oh, they're not that talented for a split second. You know, what I mean, they are, coach. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. They, I agree with you. I don't think six out of ten. I would say five out of ten. P- pillar of composure, that Butler team. Mm-hmm. And I- if. They just need one more big guy. If they can get a big guy next year, coach, they can contend for the national championship. If Hayward doesn't go pro, how smooth is he? I mean, he's like, I think he's one of the smoothest basketball players, I mean, in the country. I mean, Gordon Gordon Hayward. Mm -hmm. I mean, you you see LeBron take it, and he's so strong, he just stuffs it home and, and, and is willing to initiate contact, but... Gordon Hayward is so smooth around the basket, the way he he gets around people. As a is, right-handed Manu Ginobili. Yeah, he's not the best. As is Kyle Singler. Singler a little different, not nearly yeah. as smooth. When not Singler, nearly as smooth. Singler but goes to the bucket. He's like a too. he's like a bull in a jump mm-hmm. shot. But yeah, Gordon Hayward, he's not the best at anything, but he's really good at everything. He can shoot outside. He's got a nice take to the basket. Surprisingly good rebounder for a skinny kid, mm-hmm. right? And he he's plays. Six, eight. And if you can ask uh, uh, Draymond Green from Michigan State, he plays pretty solid interior defense. Interior yeah, yeah, defense. Absolutely. And I, I, I was also going to say he plays solid on the perimeter. I mean, for the college game, I don't know if he'll be able to do this on the professional level, mm-hmm. but a lot of defensive versatility. I mean, he uh, he was guarding uh, Deshaun Butler for a little bit before he went down with a knee injury. Mm-hmm. So uh, definitely he, he's a very versatile player. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, Seth, he doesn't get upset when somebody else go Jimmy Kimwood. <laughs> <laughs> Onions double order. <laughs> All right, big dog. So right, if we can, if we could conclude your phone call, a Luther Vandross is indeed passed away. Oh yeah, he's six feet under. Like I said, I'll never call him dead as long as there's big booty women in the world. <laughs> Luther Vandross will live. B, you will be uh, streaking full frontal naked. Friday, and you'll call us Friday and let let us know what bar that'll be at? Yes, yes, I will. Okay. And uh, to be quite honest with you, I am not doing it unless the temperature is above 70 degrees. <laughs> we'll take pictures from the waist up. Oh, goodness. All right. Big dog, be good. Behave yourself. I'm not going to say behave yourself because that takes all the fun out of it. How about yeah, just yeah. be good? I will. All right. Thank you, dog. See you. All right. The dog checking in. You can, too, at 888 Four six three six seven four eight. Other things uh, coming up, of course. Uh, tomorrow we got a golf tournament starting, Seth, and it's known. I believe it's called the Masters. Yeah, that's what I think it is. A and, tradition, and unlike any other. Yeah. Hello, friends. <laughs> it's it's um. You are looking live. Oh no, that's not the Masters. I think so. Tiger's going to win it. By the way, I think you're crazy. I think he's been playing golf. Mm-hmm. Okay, people are like, oh, he's coming and he got all these things. Who who else could do it? I mean, I I've seen Tiger Woods live. He is so mm-hmm. incredibly focused. 
And the only thing that worries me is he talks about not being able to react. You know, he's he's going to temper his emotions and whatnot. I mean, you know, being that emotional got him to where he is mm-hmm. on the golf course, of course. You know, but um, you know, it's it's I I think when you're concerned about that stuff, that might get in your game a little bit. But mm-hmm. yeah, I like him to no. be in there on Sunday and and mm-hmm. win it. No. Tiger will be out of the running. Thank you very much. You haven't uh, making the did. cut? Huh? You haven't making the no, cut? No, he'll make the uh, might maybe not. He might, but uh, your winner is going to be, uh, you know, I was trying to predict and trying to wait it hit me about 6:35 this morning. As I'm reading the newspaper, boom, it just hit me Brent Snedeker. Okay. Came out of nowhere. All right. Brent Snedeker will be your Masters winner. Got it. We'll put it down. Yep. Put it in writing. I am extremely excited about it. So excited. I actually woke up uh, last night by the middle of the night. About 3.30 in the morning, looked over at my wife. Looked just a little bit like K.J. Choi. <laughs> God, I thought you were over that by now, Coach. Know, How many I, years I, has this I, been? I still have these dreams on occasion, but very excited. Masters golf tournament. So you think Tigers may win it. I, I, th- I do. I think he won't make the cut. You think he won't make the cut? 888-463-6748. Who's crazier? Remember, I'm the one who woke up and uh, said his wife looked like K.J. Choi. Uh, yeah, no, I I, I think Tiger's going to win it. I, I really, really believe that. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that also because he's motivated to rehab. I mean, he's got almost extra motivation, as if the guy needed any. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he wins, a lot of the stuff is going to go away, and they're going to go, oh, Tiger Woods came back. How great a golfer is he? He can't, with all this stuff over his head, he came back and, and, and won the Masters. Wow. You think Elon will be there on, on the final I doubt Sunday? It. To- I doubt But you know that they're distributing pictures of all the women he mm-hmm. allegedly had affairs with to private security guards. And I heard they, mm-hmm. they hire like ex-FBI agents at the Masters. So if any of them are around, yeah, so they, they, they better be in disguise. They give them the old boot. Okay. So. Well, I think one of the great Masters traditions is uh, Phil Mickelson's wife. Is right there at the end. Yeah, to oh, kiss, she's, to, she's at every. Yeah, to kiss, but she kisses whoever wins. Really? Oh, yeah. It's become a tradition the last four or five years. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to be <laughs> Phil. Yeah. Whoever wins, Phil Mickelson's yeah. oh, wife. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Right I got gotcha. you. Yeah. You like lost to... me a little bit because she is there at every tournament. I would like to be in that line, by the way. Yeah. No, yeah. she's she was former Phoenix Suns cheerleader. Very, very attractive, solid young lady. Of course, she's recovering from breast cancer. Yeah. Also. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that has gone well. All right. 888-463-6748. The phone number again, 888-463-6748. Also of a news and note, DePaul University has a new coach. His name is Oliver Purnell. Boston College has hired a guy named Steve Donahoe. I'm not familiar with the work. Of Steve Donahoe, but here in Chicago we got a brand new. Well, Steve Donahue, the Cornell head coach. Oh, that's who he was. Yeah. Ah. Cornell head coach. I did not know that. So now maybe you're a little more familiar with uh, tough loss with his for body Cornell. of work. Yeah. yeah. And how soon we forget. Also, one of the great stories of the March Madness tournament. Absolutely. I'll never. The games that I remember most. One of the ones right at the top is that Cornell smothering, smushing. Smashing, kabloshing of Wisconsin. Yeah, well, yeah. when everybody thought, oh, Cornell, aren't they? Then you know, oh, they made the Sweet Sixteen <laughs> or whatever it was, round of thirty-two. Aren't they cute? And they just hammered Wisconsin. A very good, very well coached Wisconsin team. Oh yeah, Cor- Bo Ryan. That Cornell yeah. team was the real deal. Yeah, you know what's amazing is that, and, and you know, I know, I know, we're a national radio show here. International. International. Sorry, your voice is being heard right now in South America. The Middle East and parts of Bolivia. Did you notice how Bolivia! many how many Chicago kids 
how many Chicago yep. high school basketball players yep. were not only in this, but impact players. More so than ever before. Jacob Pullen, Sharon Collins, John Shire, Chris Trablewski, the only non-senior starter on Cornell. Yep. Um, DeAndre Liggins on Kentucky, uh, although he went to play with Finlay Prep in Las Vegas, but he's, he, he's Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, who else am I missing here? Yeah, we're missing a few. Those, those Definitely are, missing a few, yeah. Those are probably the biggest impact, but yeah, no question, more so than ever before, Chicago got, unfortunately, no Chicago teams. Yeah. Or Illinois teams in the tournament, but Chicago area players, a uh, huge impact in college basketball this year. Definitely. Oh yeah, huge. As always, as always, but I think it was more noticed this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Chicago's probably the best, uh, populace of basketball talent in the country. Folks in Philadelphia or Los Angeles or possibly New York City, maybe Baltimore area might disagree with you, but it's amongst it anyways. Oh, certainly. It is certainly. It is amongst it. But the DePaul's coach, Oliver Purnell, yeah, sounds I, like a pretty good hire. You know, is he worth, though, the $15 million over seven years they're giving him? I don't know. Two million know. per year. Look, he, he, he was able to – he brings the system I wanted to see at DePaul. I mean, I said, I said, you know, bring, bring a, a Rick Patino disciple over there. Somebody, you know, who's coached in, in big conference basketball. He, he, he up tempo, pressing style. That's mm-hmm. what people like to come and play. That's what you need to win in the Big East. So he's got the system. The question is, the, can, can he get the kids? I mean, there's no student involvement. The, you know, in, in rush hour traffic, the stadium's an hour and a half off campus. Can he recruit the guys? That's the biggest question. Is he going to be able to get guys to come play DePaul, at DePaul? And all it takes is is one or two. All it takes is one or two in college basketball. All right, that it's a question, lot more difficult. That's a question we're going to have to ponder because Seth Gruen, unfortunately, they only give us one hour to do this show, and the one hour is done, my friend. Thank you so much for coming in and no, battling the you, road Coach. construction. Thank you. And again, people can read your stuff. ChicagoBaseball365.com or NWHerald.com or... Pick up a copy of the Northwest Herald. Beautiful. All right, two guys at a mic. We'll see you tomorrow at 10. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.